I took my two kids out when, like during the polar vortex, uh, quite a few years back, but my, like, I think my youngest was four at the time. And there was a wind chill of, according to the weatherman, <laughs> the wind chill was like negative 40. And I was like, you know, it, and they're basically saying that, you know, you're gonna, yeah, don't open the door or you'll die. And I'm just like, you know, now, like, I really find, I, I gotta find out, is it really, is it really that bad? <laughs> Am I gonna die? <laughs> So, you know, if you're going to go out in those temperatures, you just got to make sure that you don't have any skin exposed or minimal skin exposed. So we, you know, I put balaclavas on my kids. So basically all you could see was like this little gap for their eyes. Hey guys, my name is Shayla. Welcome to the Hey Shayla podcast. I went from full-time travel to full-time new COVID mom and holy wow, is motherhood and adulting a learning curve. There are so many decisions we need to make and a million ways to do it right. I created this podcast to interview some of my gurus to share their knowledge and empower you on your journey. Let me be your guinea pig and ask the questions that you think everyone else knows. Here, we're a little hippie, we try to do things as naturally as possible, and we don't take ourselves too seriously. But above all, we support one another and work to find what works. If you're into it, you're our people. Let's get started. Thank you, everybody, for coming back and listening to the Hey Shayla podcast today. I am so excited because I've been reading There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather, and now I have the author, Linda, on my podcast, and I know a lot of listeners are also super stoked because because I've been talking about it so much, they've started reading it, and because it's negative temperatures here in so many places, everybody is just so interested in getting outside now, and I think it's just like the coolest, so Thank you so much for being on. I was stoked that you said that you were willing to come on. Um, of course. I'm Thanks excited. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited to just like hear kind of your story on why you wrote the book. And I mean, you grew up in Sweden, you moved to the U S and you saw all these changes and I'm grateful that you wrote everything and are inspiring <laughs> us all. So if you want to start with just kind of like telling your background of how you grew up, how you got to the U.S., things you saw. I would love that. Yeah, yeah so I grew up in, in Sweden, so approximately on the same uh, uh, latitude as uh, the Gulf of Alaska. So, wow. uh, yeah, and grew up in a very outdoorsy culture. So grew, grew up uh, playing outdoors every day, regardless of the weather. Um, there's that old Scandinavian saying, um, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. And yeah. that's where, <laughs> obviously where the title uh, for my book comes from. And, um, yeah, just grew up in a sort of typical Swedish family with lots of outdoor activities. And then, um, when I was in college, I was an exchange student in Australia, and uh, lo and behold, down there, I met an American, and uh, <laughs> after I graduated from college, I moved over to uh, Montana is where we started. I started out, lived there for a couple of years, and that was a fairly smooth transition, actually. It was, Montana felt very 
home to me, the mountains and um, all the skiing and the camping and, and lots of access to, uh, you know, to uh, forests and, yeah. and so forth. Um, and then we decided to move to my husband's uh, home state of Indiana to, to start a, a family. And that's when I got the real sort of culture shock because, <laughs> because uh, I mean, not only is there a big difference between Sweden and uh, Montana, even though, I mean, I felt at home, but there, there's still some cultural differences, but moving to Indiana, it was almost like a bigger difference than moving oh, yeah. Sweden to Montana. It was like, two different worlds entirely <laughs> and um i i noticed that in the winter like i never saw people outside it was like it was almost as if you know once the temperature started to drop people went into some sort of hibernation <laughs> and i was just not prepared for that because in sweden we go outside you know every day all year round and we try to savor each season for what it is and and uh, you know find uh find things to do when it's cold out and um one once i had kids then that's when it really hit home that oh my god my kids are not gonna have the same type of childhood that i had because at daycare well for one when they were real little and i would walk them outside in the cold people thought I was stranded without a car they felt sorry like they took pity on me uh being they out were there when midwest we- <laughs> nice and checked on you to make sure oh, that you yes. were okay <laughs> yeah they were trying to help out you know offered me a ride with my stroller and diaper bag and everything and I'm like oh my god I'm good thank you <laughs> and uh, when I explained that I was just outside because I enjoyed the fresh air they looked at me like I was from a different planet and so that made me feel like very odd I totally yeah (laughs) and then I realized that at daycare uh yeah the kids were inside all the time you know in nicer weather they might go outside for a little bit but in the winter time it was non-existent like the kids didn't even come to daycare with outdoor clothes. They just came like in their regular indoor clothes. Mm-hmm. And this was foreign to me because in, in Scandinavia, kids at preschool and daycare, um, they're outside every day uh, and they come, you know, dressed for it as well. Uh, and then as the kids got older and got into elementary school, you know, it was the same thing there. All of a sudden they barely had recess. And um, in the winter time, it was like always something something wrong with the weather it was always a reason for the for the administration to keep the kids inside and i know that the kids were bouncing off the walls you know um yeah and uh that's when i felt like okay i need to there's a story to tell here and i felt like with my unique perspective being from sweden and and having experienced that i felt like you know i think i need to write a book about this so that's kind of that's what led up to, to me writing the book. And you were a journalist, right? Mm-hmm. You are. Yeah. So you- yes, I'm a, a journalist and, and writer. Um, I, I worked on, yeah, I, I, anything writing. So not just journalistic texts, but content and so forth. And I yeah. write my blog, a blog too, which takes up a lot of my time too. Right. Which is rain or shine mama, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I remember you referencing that a couple of times in your book as well, but 
I mean, I, I feel like the task of writing a book, you're like, Oh, I just felt, I thought writing a book would be a good idea. I'd be like, what? <laughs> writing a book. So you have a little bit of experience with that. And I think that, the, yeah. I think, right. You do have that unique perspective. And that's kind of what we were talking about before we get on. It's like, you grew up in the culture. So you grew up that was just like the norm. It wasn't like you were this outdoor enthusiast, like extremist <laughs> that like learned all the things to be outside. And so it's funny because I even yeah. have questions where I'm like, well, what about this? What about this? And I, and I feel like they're pretty basic questions as far yeah. as like where you're from. It's just like, what do you mean? What do you wear? Yeah. Like <laughs> just yeah, that's the things. thing. Like I, I had, yeah, I had a friend ask me who who had a baby at the same time as me. And she she asked me, uh, you know, when when do you think it'll be safe for, for me to take my baby outside for a walk? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, my <laughs> yeah. kids, my kids outside on the back porch like, <laughs> taking a nap right now. It's, <laughs> it's like single digit temperatures. <laughs> totally. So um yeah. But then so, in the book, you but, talked but about me, how that was normal. Yeah. That's what yeah, all my right. friends in Sweden were doing too. So it was nothing strange to me. That's what I did uh, when I was a baby too. So when you grow up with that and you see that you feel safe doing that, but if you've never mm -hmm. seen that, I can see how that could be like, sound like really strange, a strange thing to do. Totally. So. And I have a friend, even in Minnesota that had their, their, I don't know, three month old or something in the stroller bundled up, like safe mom. And they were by a fire out on this outdoor patio or something. And someone inside called the cops on her Oh my God. and and she's sitting there with her baby. And so I, oh I don't know God. if the, they actually called, but she's like, um, there's a woman outside with an infant, like, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And if she was sitting outside, it clearly wasn't negative a million degrees. Like it was comfortable enough yeah. to be out there, but that's, it is, that's the cultural. And it's so funny because here you have, I don't know, there's all these Instagram accounts where you can follow to how to help your baby sleep. And so for me, I'm like, her wake window was too small. Her, this was too small. And I was getting a DM from somebody, I think from Sweden. And she was like, I swear if the window's not open when she's sleeping and I'm like, window open, everything <laughs> considered opening the window while she's sleeping. She's like, oh, she just sleeps so much better when the window's open. I'm like, are you kidding me? So it's just, it's just bizarre. And Fresh that's what air. I love. Yeah. And, yes. and even for me, cause I grew up here, but I grew up, I mean, we didn't do a ton outside. I grew up in that where you were like, Oh, it's too cold to go outside. We're not doing it. So now I'm like, okay, it's too cold to go outside. So I'm trying to put a like in her oven. I'm like, do you want to go outside? And she's like, no, she's a year and a half. So she's just saying no. And I'm like, yeah, me neither. Put your boots on. Let's, let's do this. Like, and it's when you're prepared and you're ready, it's so nice. Like the air is yeah. so fresh and clean. And it just, even for you, you're like, oh, this is like burning a couple hours and we just get to be outside and enjoying the fresh yeah. air. And so, but you went, so you went to Sweden for six months with your kids at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when, uh, to research my book, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to find out like, what if we went back to Sweden for say six months, uh, what would happen? Cause I, I was getting frustrated. I felt like my kids were not getting outside enough. Like I tried to compensate at home, but 
still, you know, they had really long days at school and it was all very academic. Uh, yeah. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, and I, I was getting frustrated and I felt like, you know, I want to see what happens if we go back to Sweden for, for a while. And so we did. And that kind of, um, that became the the basis for for my book so the the book kind of follows us in sweden and, and i enroll how i enroll my youngest in preschool and my older one in uh second grade and uh yeah just to to follow their adventures um in a completely different um yeah school school system and uh you know what what it does to them and and they really got into a really good rhythm of being, you know, being, you know, making a habit of being outside, not just at home, which had been the case in the U S where I was kind of the only person it felt like, you know, championing right. uh, this outdoor time for my kids. Um, Cause I guess tiring, like you can't do it alone. Like I often say that it takes a village to raise an outdoor child. In <laughs> Sweden, we have so much help from the preschools and the schools right. And you know, like grandparents and and uh, like there's a whole support system, you know. Um, so so it was a very different experience, and uh, yeah, and we we actually um, we I moved uh, we moved back uh, four years ago, so we actually live in Sweden now. So nice. What time is it there? That's the other thing I was going to ask you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's about quarter till nine p.m. Okay, okay. Well, I appreciate you. I was like, uh, let me know time zones. But also yeah. in your book, I loved that you addressed like, um, there's kids over there climbing icy trees. Like mm-hmm. that's a in the U.S. They're like, get down from there. You're gonna get hurt. Da, 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 da. Oh, we're not going outside anymore because someone fell on the ice. And yeah, I love that you showed the perspective from Sweden, where they're like, oh, they've climbed those trees before. Like they and like the trust that you put into your kid. Yeah, I think uh, there's a much higher tolerance for messy and risky play in Sweden than there is in the U.S., where unfortunately we've just become very risk averse. And that's just happened in the past few generations. Because if you talk to older Americans, uh, they're, they'll tell you, they told me, <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's, that's not how it used to be. Like skin knees, you know, it used to be part of childhood, like a rite of passage almost. Yeah. And now it's like any risk at all is just deemed bad for the child. But what people tend to forget is that you know, maybe being a, inside on your couch is maybe the greatest risk of all you know look at look at the lifestyle diseases that are totally uh you know that are dominating right now i mean all of those pretty much can be uh you know prevented or you can lower your risk for all the major lifestyle diseases by spending time outside and being physically active outside um, it is so needed in society today and it's such a basic thing and it's yeah it's it's crazy that it's not a bigger part of um, the, I think the childhood and the, the conversation about you know what children need it's, um, it, it's there's way too much focus I think on like the early academics and getting kids to like hit all these academic milestones mm-hmm. when in fact what they need is something maybe a lot more basic than that um, and that is 
just time to play outside unstructured, you know, without the intervention of adults and just being allowed to test their boundaries, engage in this messy and risky play. Um, And I think, uh, you know, there's just so much learning in that. Um, They learn to regulate their emotions and like problem solve, um, risk management, of course. Um, and to uh, delay gratification. And I mean, there's just, there's so much, there's, there's so much research on this uh, now that has cropped up in the past um, 10, 10 years, I'd say, you know, this completely, it's just exploded. And so I just feel like, well, I think <laughs> the research is there. We have the facts. I mean, now we just got to take that next step of actually we need to get get outside more, and uh, right. of course, I think the pandemic has really it's kind of helped fuel this. And in, in some places where we see a lot of schools now, you know, creating these outdoor classrooms, and and um, and that's yeah, it's just it's just highlighting one of the great benefits of outdoor time, and that is that the transmission of viruses and bacteria is much uh, lower outside. Um, I saw one study showing that for COVID, this was uh, before Omicron, but uh, COVID, the transmission, the risk of transmission is 19 times greater inside uh, than outside. So that that alone tells you something. Right. (laughs) Um, And it's the same with, you know, when you look at forest schools, when they compared uh, sick days to kids at forest school where, where they're outside for, you know, the better part of the day, those kids have fewer sick days than kids at traditional preschools. So there's definitely, you know, a lot of health benefits at work. Totally. Yeah. I was just, it's funny because I remember getting hurt on the playground and it just is what you just, it was, it's fine. It's no big deal. And I think that kind of giving your kids the ability to fall and to experience that gives them the body awareness and, and risk management. Like the other day, Aaliyah fell off of a stool. She has a big bruise on her head. Like I wasn't there, but I came when she was crying and my sister's like, yeah, she fell off the stool and bogged her head. And like, I was like, okay. And Seth and I were talking about it and he was like, put my kid in bubble wrap when she was little. And I've had to be like, okay, she can stand on the fireplace thing. It's only a foot high. Like it's going to be okay. Everything's fine. And so he's like telling me, but I think he's just telling himself, he's like, yeah, we just really have to let her like do things and kind of like learn. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." I was like, it's one thing if we leave her sitting on the countertop of the kitchen by herself, while we go in the other room. And it's another thing if we are standing there while she's on a stool. Like it's risk management, figuring out this could actually hurt you. So we're not going to do that. And this, I'm going to let you figure it out a little bit and you might get right, hurt, but right. you're not going to get like seriously injured. Yeah. It's just finding that balance between, you know, hazards and risks. You gotta, you gotta try and be able to distinguish between the two. Uh, you know, risky play doesn't mean allowing your child to do hazardous things, but <laughs> just risks that they can sort of foresee and that they can learn from. Um, and, you know, I think it's better that they, they make those little mistakes uh, when they're yeah. little and that way, hopefully 
uh, they're able to <laughs> to avoid bigger injuries when they're older. And, and you know what? Sometimes injuries do happen. That's right. that's the fact of life. Um, but there's also an element of developing resiliency here too. So you wanna uh, you wanna show, show like through risky play, children will experience um, those injuries and they will, you know, they'll get back up and they'll, they'll be okay. And they, you know, they, they'll develop that resilience and that's really key to, to, uh, you know, to success in life, you know, to both totally. in academic, academic uh, work and life in general. So, yeah, I agree. And to take a quick pause, I'm trying to get us outside as much as possible. And as somebody that doesn't love being outside in the cold, just trying to eliminate the barriers to getting outside. And I keep seeing Moreno wool as a base layer, fleece as a second layer, and a waterproof exterior. I found this base layer called Explore. I got a Leah a set. I got myself a set. Moreno wool is supposed to keep you warm in the winter, cool in the summertime. It's an investment, but for me, it was like, I know we're going to be warm and it's one less thing I have to worry about. You can get 20% off with code HeyShayla. Highly recommend. Let's get back to the show. Um, let's get into a little bit of recommendations that you have for getting outside. Because when I put on, I put on my Instagram, like, Oh, you guys, what do we have questions for? A lot of them were like, what is too cold? I have an infant. Can I take them out? What, at what point do I bring them back inside? Like, obviously when it's cold or I don't know, can you define, like, don't go outside, be outside for a little bit. You're good to go. You know, I understand that people want like a number on this, yeah. <laughs> but it's not that easy. It's not that easy. Um, it, you know, it depends on a lot of things. Temperature is not just a temperature. It can depend on humidity. You know, what's the wind chill? Mm-hmm. Um, does your body run warm or cold typically? Like what amount of physical activity do you take part in? Because physical activity is huge, you know, huge um, when it comes to uh, staying warm. And, um, uh, you know, anytime this just has, this is something that you just got to learn through experience, right? (laughs) And the best way of learning is to just get out there. Um, and if you are at all concerned about it being too cold, my advice is always, you know, stay close to home or close to your car where you can easily get out of the cold. Um, I'll use myself as an example. I took my two kids out when, like during the polar vortex uh, quite a few years back, but my, like, yeah. I think my youngest was four at the time. And there was a wind chill of, according to the, the, the weatherman, yes. <laughs> the wind chill was like negative 40. And yeah. I was like, Fahrenheit. Yeah, it, and they're basically saying that, you know, you're going to, yeah, don't open the door or you'll die. And I'm yeah. just like, you know, <laughs> Now, like, I really find, I, I got to find out, is it really, is it You're really kidding me. <laughs> Am I going to die? <laughs> I trusted the weatherman that day. <laughs> I remember this vividly and I was like, I'm not doing anything. My car wouldn't start. So, you know, if you're going to go out in those temperatures, you just got to make sure that you don't have any skin exposed or minimal skin exposed. So we, you know, I put balaclavas on my kids. So basically all you could see was like this a little gap for their eyes and wait um, that's like a a whole head it's like, yeah like a rubber uh <laughs> it looks like a 
they're one of those rubber uh, hoods like yeah like uh yeah you just, just yeah and pull it over your head and it's just got a, like a small opening for your eyes eyes yeah okay. i use it often when skiing um but rarely in daily life it, it rarely gets that cold around here <laughs> but, yeah but you know if you're gonna go out in you know negative 40 you you want a balaclava so we bundled up, we went outside and um, we were out there for like 45 minutes and I still had to drag the kids in because what? they wanted to stay out longer. But at that point I was like, you know, we, maybe we should head back in because I'm getting cold. Um, so I can... it, it can definitely be done. Um, but, you know, having said that, like that, if you're going to go out in that kind of cold, uh, you might also want to just like read up on um, early signs of frostbite, just so you know, like what to expect, like look for white cold spots on the skin or you know, older kids can usually, I mean, they can tell uh, if they, if they're fingers or feet are usually they're the first to get cold right yeah um so uh you know they can usually tell if their feet or fingers start to if you get like this tingling feeling um uh, or uh if they feel stiff or small with younger kids then you got to be a little more cautious because they don't communicate as well um and also uh yeah, so, so they typically, they tend to stay st stand still more when they get cold. Uh, so that's one sign that you can look for uh, hmm. because the body is trying to conserve energy. Um, Interesting. And uh, yeah, and, um, but you know, you just gotta, you just gotta try it and stay close to home. Now, babies, that's kind of a different chapter because babies obviously can't tell us uh, how they're feeling. And also babies, when sleeping outside, they don't, they don't necessarily wake up uh, crying if they get cold. So with babies, you got to be a little more cautious. And also babies don't regulate their body temperature as well as uh, older kids. So, um, you know, with them, you got to be, if it's really cold out, um, I can say, Doctors in Sweden, they generally, like they say, it's perfectly safe down to uh, a negative 10 Celsius, which is about 14 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, so that's like the general recommendation here. But um, as I write in my book, uh, there are plenty of people in, at least in Finland and probably in Sweden too, who keep their kids out uh, for naps for hours at a time sometimes and uh, temperatures down to like negative 25 Celsius, which uh, I think is about negative 13 Fahrenheit, if I remember that conversion right. I have it up because um, I felt like we were going to do this a lot. Negative 25 Celsius. Yeah. Negative 13 Fahrenheit. Yeah, negative 13 Fahrenheit. And that's personally, that's probably a little colder than I would feel comfortable with. So that's kind of where you just gotta, you just gotta sort of try that out and see. I think, I think it's, it might be just as common to sort of overbundle baby for sleeping outside because you're so worried that they're going to be cold. Um, but you can, you can check on your baby's temperature by, you know, checking hands and feet, uh, which they typically are a little colder than the rest of the body. So if, um, if you're concerned about your 
baby's temperature, you know, check the chest and also the back uh, here in the neck. So you don't want okay. them to be sweaty because then that's too warm. And then you can check their forehead and uh, make sure they're not too cold. Um, and always just make sure also that their airways are not restricted in any way. So, you know, cause that, you know, you gotta, when you bundle them up a lot, you wanna be sure that they can still breathe. Um, <laughs> so. It's <laughs> important. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, yeah and, we've and been I know, going. And I've gotten the question that you know, well, I I understand that sounds insane that people leave their babies out in like negative thirteen, um, and people have asked about uh, sudden infant death syndrome, but you know there doesn't seem to be a correlation. Um, the one thing because Finland has like one of the lowest rates of SIDS in the world, and um, I think what you just got to be cautious or maybe you know, look out for is that babies tend to sleep very, they take longer and deeper naps outside. Hmm. So I know that longer, I think longer naps and deeper, deeper sleep could be sort of a risk factor. Um, so, you know, uh, just check on them regularly and uh, make sure they're, they're okay. But obviously people are doing this in, uh, at least in the Nordic countries and, uh, and all the Nordic countries actually have really low, uh, infant mortality rates. So, well, I think it's just whatever you're, sure. yeah, right. But I think it's whatever you're comfortable with. Like if you're listening and you're going, I would never put my kid out in negative 14. Cool. Don't do it. Yeah. Do not right. Do it. Right. If you are like nothing lower than 30, then that's your number. And just like yeah. stick with that. And if you're, if your baby does well, how you have them bundled at 30, then like that's what I think, whatever you're comfortable with. I don't think yeah. somebody should just listen and go, okay. Yeah. Negative 14. Right, right. You know, one that's why I like, say, like, I, that's why I hesitate. I like, I don't want right, to, I'm wanna, sure like, the number, you know, yeah. <laughs> you, you gotta, you've gotta, you gotta try it out. And, and uh, a great way of starting out is taking your baby for a walk, you know, in the, in the stroller, um, in cold weather, because then you're there, you're in, you're seeing, you know, your baby. And I think that can be very reassuring to, uh, especially yeah. to a new mom who is not familiar with this practice, then, you know, you're out there together, you can observe the baby and okay. It's like, okay, you, maybe you go for a half hour walk, an hour walk and baby is sleeping nice and sound. And, and then, you know, it's baby steps. You can take it from there right. and just um, do whatever you're comfortable with. Did you find, were you able to find like a Cause in the strollers there are different than the strollers here. My strollers are made of like tent material and I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to, I mean, it's for a toddler now, but I'm not going to put her in that right now because it's like, just, there's no protection where there, I feel like they're little mini cots and like yeah. made for sleeping and they're warm. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't able to find anything at the time. Uh, oh, I had God. to, like, I had to kind of improvise. I had to use the store I had and I had to like build it up like, myself <laughs> with blankets and stuff so that she could have, so there could be like a flat, so she, yeah. you know, my babies could sleep flat on their backs because you mm -hmm. want, you want that. You don't want them sleeping in a car seat or um, obviously a stroller that doesn't recline all the way. So the best, um, the best type of stroller and now they actually I've, I've noticed a lot of brands offer these now uh, the bassinet insert um, 
or attachment, whatever they call it. But the bass, a lot of the strollers, they come with the option of a bassinet. And that's, um, that's very similar to the prams that people use over here in Europe. And that's, uh, that's the best, the best kind for, uh, you know, for uh, letting baby nap, nap outside. But are they insulated or you're saying just use blankets? No, they're not insulated. Uh, so then, yeah, you'll want to line it with like a lamb's wool, for example, and, uh, and then uh, a bunting bag. And then after that, you would just layer uh, the baby, just like you would layer a, a bigger child that's playing outside. So the, the bunting bag and, and the lamb's wool, that provides a little extra warmth since the baby is obviously is not moving like an older child right to provide that extra extra insulation yeah okay i'm gonna ask very <laughs> logistical questions about this yeah when you order lamb's wool is it mm -hmm. gonna come in like uh cords i don't know in like it doesn't come as a sheet that like how does it come no it comes with <laughs> the skin the skin <laughs> It's like a piece of skin, like a skin oh. <laughs> with the wool still attached to it. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a sheet. Yeah. It's, okay. not a, it's not a sheet. It's like a, it's, it's like an animal hide. Right. But I mean like yeah. the wool is attached to the skin still yeah, in yeah, like yeah, a yeah. blanket somewhat form. Yeah. Well, blanket form. Usually, it's usually a sheet form. <laughs> oh, okay. Like what you'd see on the floor. Like a, yes. Okay. Yes. See, like, I don't know these things. So, yeah. so then you would, did you cut it? No, no. You just it's, laid it down like a blanket. Yes. I slaughtered the lamb. I know. <laughs> well, what they do at my home country, but what I had to do in the United <laughs> States <laughs> on Amazon. Actually. Yes. Yes. Okay. that's what I used they're just the right size <laughs> okay so then but then did you use it as like a blanket in the pram not a blanket I used I used it to line the pram like underneath I put it underneath the baby and the in the pram just oh, okay, to, by okay. insulation from underneath and then okay. I put a bunting bag <laughs> see and I've never even heard of that word bunting bag okay yeah this, this is insane <laughs> I'm going to ask these questions. So if the listeners are like, okay, thank you. <laughs> okay. But like bunting bag. Sleeping, yeah. It's like a little yeah. sleeping bag for babies essentially. Yeah. So is it kind of, they, okay. So we, I mean, maybe it's just a different word, but we, it's almost like bibs sort of, and then just like a sleeping bag or do they have arms? Um, no, the one I had was more like a, uh, more like a sleeping bag, but not as tight around the face, uh, but they come in different. I mean, there are all, all kinds of different styles. Um, I, I think they're called, uh, yeah, it's bunting bags. Sleep definitely sack. the word I Googled. And uh, <laughs> so, so well, I, I've seen I, it, but I've seen bunting snowsuit. And okay, I'm like, so yeah. what does bunting mean? Not the shape. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Well, but, we're going to have to, uh, but it worked. It okay, good. Yeah. So, okay. But those are the logistical things where I'm like, okay, yes. what? <laughs> Ikea, who knew? Yeah. Okay. So then can you talk about the layers of like mm -hmm. underneath that? Yes. So, um, so the first layer is the base layer and, um, 
ideally, like I, I love wool. Uh, somebody, I, I saw somebody on online call it the unicorn material the other day, and I'm like, yes, that's it. That it's oh my god, material. it's like it's got everything. Okay, <laughs> it's warm. It's you know, it transports moisture. It's like naturally odor repellent. Nothing you need to worry about with babies, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for us adults, that's nice. Um, yeah. Anti, it's naturally antibacterial. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's just a really good, good. It's very easy to care for. You don't have to wash it very often. Oh, um, that's good to know. I've been washing mine yeah. frequently. It's also anti-flam. Like it doesn't flame resistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's naturally flame resistant. Yes. Cool. Unicorn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what with the one drawback that it is kind of pricey. Yes. So there's that. But it is a great material and all all natural too, obviously. Um, so ideally that's what you want to put, you know, as your base layer. And I'm talking baby now. Um for an older child that's like very physically active, then you know a synthetic uh, base layer would work as well. They are usually they're usually a little more lightweight, and they are also better at transporting uh, moisture away from the body, which is more important when you're like working out the sweat. Active, hmm. um, yes. Um, so then after that, you'll want to go with a the middle layer, and that's the layer that insulates. So that traps uh, like pockets of air near your body. And uh, so for a baby, that could be, you know, like the like a fleece onesie or something like that. Um, and then the outer layer, that's the one that protects you against the weather. And for a small baby, obviously, you know, the, the, the stroller and, and the bunting bag will also, that's, you know, and obviously you're not supposed to park your baby like out in the rain and snow, like under, yeah. So it needs to be undercover. So <laughs> that's less of an issue for babies, but if we're talking about older kids, um, for, for a baby, the outer, the outer layer could be, yeah, like a, a, a coverall uh, type garment, um, something warm, preferably. It doesn't have to be like waterproof and, and all that mm. since they're not, they're still protected. But for an older child, um, I, 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 actually, I guess I could show this. This is my preferred uh, outdoor garment for uh, an older child or from toddler age till actually my 10 year old still, she's almost 11 and she still loves her coveralls, which I, yeah, I, I can't you wanna walk through that for somebody listening and not watching. What's that? Will you walk through like what, yeah. why you like this for somebody that's listening, but not watching? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So these, uh, coveralls, um, what I like about them is that, well, first of all, they're warm. So for younger kids who are sometimes not as active, um, it's nice with a, an insulated uh, outer garment. And this material is like really abrasion resistant. So, and that's what I like about, so that's why I'm like partial to like Scandinavian gear brands because they have made uh, clothes for kids who play outside in all types of weather and like risky play, like climbing trees that right. like in the winter for generations. So they really yeah. know what they're doing. Um, also, you know, it's dark here. So almost all the mm. kids gear 
how has these um, reflective details. Yeah. It's all like sewed onto, sewed, sewed onto the garment. Yeah. Which is great because that way. Yeah. yeah. So your child is visible after dark, which is great because here it gets dark at like three o'clock in the winter yeah. time. So yeah. so yeah. And also they have like these elastic straps, uh, straps under that go under your uh, the, the child's feet and elastic cuts to keep snow and debris out and another great thing about these a lot of the the Scandinavian brands at least they uh they put like an extra hem allowance in the leg so the mm -hmm. garment can actually grow with a child so people oh, often wow. ask me well how can I afford like this outdoor gear right well every season what, if you just spend the money on like one good coveralls uh like your child can you know they can wear that for three seasons it's well worth the money um so i always size up and um you know if you have to like if you're on a budget this is the garment that you want to put your money towards like they can do without the wool base layer you can use jammies if needed um you can find fleece like i found a fleece jacket like a columbia fleece jacket at a yard sale once for two dollars what now both yeah, i'm not kidding both my kids have worn it um they've worn it to pieces all now i mean it, and it's still i mean it's actually still in pretty good shape but it's been <laughs> in use now for like five years wow that was pretty good value okay guys time for another break to talk about clearly filtered i use this every single day to filter my water that I give to myself, to Aaliyah, to make rice, anything. I think I'm so obsessed with this company because I was able to ask the founders a bajillion questions and they answered all of them. And I posted those all on my blog. They have systems that go underneath the sink. So whatever comes out of your faucets filtered, they have pitchers that go in your fridge and then they have water bottles that you can fill up anywhere and have filtered water. If you're interested in checking it out, it's called clearly filtered and Hey, Shayla will get you 15% off. Let's get back to the show. So if you have like a 40, would you recommend getting like a 60? Or if that? you have a kid, if you have a kid that wears like 40, what would you recommend? Yeah. How much sizing up to a five or a six? Uh, uh, I would, oh, and that's hard. Um, uh, it's, it just depends on the gear brands to see the Scandinavian mm. brands. They use a different sizing system. They use Got centimeters. Um, so if you can, yeah, probably size up to a six, but it also depends on it depends on the child as well and the size, right. the different sizes of, because I feel like the American brands have the, there's a bigger difference between the brands in terms of like how oh, yeah. size stuff. Yeah. So like if, what is a 4T? Like, yeah, right. it can be a different thing for, like depending on which brand you're right. Um, yeah. So that's hard, well, but uh, yeah. But I think sizing up, I mean, if you go and try on something that's a 16, they're drowning in it. Obviously that's no fun, yeah. but maybe. Right, right. They've yeah. got to be able to move around in it. Um, but, you know, yard sales are also a great option or like a swap meets. Um, totally. Yeah. Swap outdoor gear with other people. Um, I think that's, that's a great thing too. And, and some of the gear brands also sell, um, sell used stuff mm -hmm. online now as well. Yeah. So that's. 
Well, what yeah. I like about the, the snowsuit that you have, it's all one piece. So there's a hood, it, the arms yes. are connected, the pants are connected. Cause right now I've got Aaliyah in a, um, bibs and a jacket and it's a leopard jacket and blue bibs because they were both hand-me-downs. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, we might need to do more of a onesie thing like that. Yeah. And it's whoop, my microphone just flew. It's a, it's one of the questions was like, how do I get my toddler to keep this gear on? And I'll, well, I'll let you answer that, but then I have a story to tell. Cause I have lots of stories, <laughs> like, what would you do if your kid's like constantly taking off all this warm gear? Well, uh, I mean, it depends on the temperature, I guess. Like my, my initial, my intuitive reaction is just to be like, okay, if they take it off. Eventually they're going to notice that it gets really darn cold and they're yeah. going to want to put it back on. So that's, that's pretty much what I've done with my kids. Now, if it's negative 20 out, yeah, that, that could be an issue. But if it's happening when it's not quite that cold, um, typically just out of self perseverance, kids will, you know, they will put the gear back on yeah. when, when they're cold enough. Um, so that's why, like, I always keep spare, spare hats and gloves, you know, in a, in my, in our backpack and, it's like, yeah, we've had times when they've just refused to put stuff on and we're like, okay, well, we're going to go outside anyway. And then after yeah. a while, it's like, okay, I'm cold. Okay, well, here you yeah. go. You know? <laughs> right. And I think that's part of like the risky play or like kind of letting yeah. them figure it out. Cause that's exactly yeah. what happened the other day. Aaliyah, when she, <laughs> cause she's still so little. So like when she's got her boots and her snow pants on, it's all so bulky. And so she struts yeah. when she walks, she like is trying to walk and I'm, <laughs> she always pulls her hat off and I'm like, yeah, I know that the hat like is what keeps all the heat in. So I'm like, Oh, I really no, want to no, that's a myth. That's an urban legend. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. So don't worry about it. No. Okay. Your body doesn't actually lose more heat through your head than anywhere else on your body. Right. It loses the, the proportionate amount of, of heat that <laughs> you know, any other any other part of your body. <laughs> so. Okay, good. Well, that yeah. makes me feel better. Well, she yeah. rips it off all the time. And I'm I kind of say what you say. I'm like, well, we're just gonna, you're probably warm. And I'm gonna just respect yeah. that. And when I look at <laughs> your ears are really red, I'm gonna make you wear it. But we're again like we're also not far from the car. So yeah. I know that we're not in the middle of the woods out here for three days and you need to preserve your heat. Like we can get back to yeah. the car. So she rips off her hat, throws it on the ground and just keeps strutting. Then yeah. she takes one <laughs> glove off, throws it on the ground, the other glove off, throws it on the ground and keeps walking. And I'm just like behind her in the stroller, just rolling my eyes, picking these yeah. things up after her, throwing them in the stroller. And then I put my, uh, my headband around her neck is kind of like a buff. She gets that over up and over her head and throws it down and keeps walking. And then she turns around and she's like, Pat. And I'm like, no, I already picked all of those things up. But then she tried to, we've got snow banks because the plow comes and just like piles it up. So she's uh -huh. crawling on that before with her gloves. Well, now she doesn't have any gloves. And she's like, my hands are cold. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to put your yeah. gloves back on? She's like, yeah, gloves. And so she yeah. wore gloves for the rest of the time. And I was like, okay, no amount of me trying to force those on you would have been effective. You kind of yeah. had to figure it out on your own. And before yes. 
we were on a walk on a different day and she had taken them off and she was crying the whole way back to the car because her hands were cold because she refused yeah. to wear them. And I was like, again, I was like, we're not far. You haven't yeah. had your gloves off for that long. They are cold. You're not going to get yeah. frostbite. Just kind of like risk assessment to let them yeah, learn yeah. in a safe yeah. way. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And you know, a lot of times if you decide to pick a fight about it, it's, it's going to make things even worse. You know, they're going to dig in their heels and they're definitely not wearing any gloves. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so that's the same. She wears them on opposite hands. And I'm like, well, you're just not going to have your thumbs. So good luck with that. And then she figures out still how to pick things up without her thumb. And I'm like, oh, you <laughs> proved me wrong. You. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, one thing, so you kind of said you want to minimize the skin exposure, but Mm -hmm. is there, I feel like I heard this in the, in your book that is there like a skin balm or something to help, or is it just SPF? Um, no, usually I recommend if it's really cold out, the best thing you can do is to like not wash your child's face in the morning. And actually we don't do that in the morning. Like ever during the winter because uh the best protection for your child's face is your body's natural oils so i mean you could use creams but not then it has to be like the really fatty kind it has to be like uh no water in it so um, it's not called a it's not cream it's ointment right yeah vaseline yeah something with like zero (laughs) basically zero water in it because otherwise it's just going to make matters worse. Um, Hmm. Personally, I've never really found a use for it, but if people feel inclined to try it, then, or yeah, that's, I I think, I, I think the skin does better when it gets to regulate itself. Um, So, but that's just, that's just me. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And then you kind of touched on it at some point, like when it's time to go inside and it's kind of, is the back of the neck thing for older kids as well? Like um, checking yeah. their skin? Yeah, I mean, you, you can, but older kids are also better able to um, tell you communicate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I feel like we all just kind of need if to. If they're running around, they're going to get sweaty. And that, that doesn't mean it's like dangerous or anything, you know? Right. Okay. I, what I'm learning is that you kind of just need to use your own intuition, do a little bit of trial and error. Cause yes. I feel like my comfortability is like at 20 degrees Fahrenheit, 15, 20. Yeah. After that, I'm like, nah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to go outside. Yeah. But yeah. cause we've gone out and that's kind of been the threshold that I've used. Cause I think I Googled it and it said 15 to 20 degrees. And I was like, okay, yeah. cool. That's what we're going to go with. And I get out there and I enjoy myself, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and it's, it's yeah. interesting. Cause I, when I was reading it at first, I grew up in the suburbs and kind of like out in more open area. And now we're living in the city where Seth grew up and I'm like, is the air even cleaner here? Like, is, should we be getting outside? Like we live right next to a freeway, but I yes. still feel like it's the answer is yes. Okay, good. Yeah, it is because you're still getting that air inside your home, but the difference is there. It, it gets oh, trapped. <laughs> The recycled city air versus the fresh yeah. city air. Good, yeah. good. Um, let's see if I have 
I think we covered all the things. I'm like so stoked. I thank you for answering all my silly questions. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was fun. I highly enjoyed it. And I know there were so many more questions. And uh, yes, I just wanted to tell people to, you know, follow my Instagram account. And I have a lot of information on my blog to rangershinemama.com. And that's mama with two N's. Um, A lot of the questions I get over and over again. and, And I have you know, blog posts with like lots of information about, especially like outdoor napping. I have several posts about that layering as well. So you can just use the search function over there. No, that's an, that's a great resource. You're also writing a second book right now, aren't you? I am. Yes. Yeah. What tells me out this fall, I think I don't have a definite date yet, (laughs) but it's going to be about the Nordic outdoor tradition of three of sleep. Pronounce that. Not even I dare you. Prelusive. <laughs> Is that close? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> close enough. Close enough. Uh, sure. <laughs> Good effort. Good effort. I'll take it. I will take it. Yeah. It loosely translates to open air life. And uh, it's just about uh, this sort of this lifestyle and philosophy that sort of revolves around connecting with nature uh on a sort of on an everyday basis which is a long long-standing tradition here in Scandinavia so I'm gonna try and try and spread it to the world (laughs) I think that's amazing because even in the book you talked about basic things of like having dinner outside Mm -hmm. and that's we're we're looking at houses and I'm like Seth I need a big door, lots of windows, a patio outside. So we can like, you've changed my life. I'm pretty sure (laughs) wanting to get outside and just trying to be prepared for it and creating the environment so that you have a big door instead of a, whatever, just really focusing. You want that, those seamless transitions between indoors and outdoors, especially when it gets a little warmer outside, you know, so you can just, yeah, I love that. Um, Yeah. Well, I'm excited for your book. I think that's going to be super great. (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on. I was, it was such a fun time talking to you and and thanks for, like I said, answering all of my silly questions. (laughs) I appreciate it. It was great. Had a great time. Awesome. All right. Well, I will catch you on Instagram and everybody else should too. Rainer, Rainer shine mama. Yes. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please share with somebody you think would love. And I would be so honored if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment and rating below so I can know what you guys are digging, what you want more of, just connect with you a little better. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.